Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we were talking about season seven, episode 18, called Party on Garth. I love Garth. I love Garth. <laughs> love, He's love. such a weirdo. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so we start out in the woods at night. A teenage boy named Chris is telling a scary story to a few people around a campfire. Chris says, long ago in these very woods lived an old woman by the name of Jenny Greentree. Chris shines the flashlight onto his face from under his chin. A girl says, ooh. <laughs> the camera pans out, and we see that there are actually four people around the campfire. Chris, his girlfriend sitting next to him, and another teenage boy named Ray, and a girl named Chloe, uh, who are sitting close together on the other side of the fire. Chris says, forced out after her family was killed in a fire, she lost everything. Some say even her... her <laughs> <laughs> What's her... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Even her humanity. (laughs) There we go. That's what it was. Uh, Ray says, that is so sad. Chloe says, shut up. Chris says, it's a true story, Ray. Look, Chris shines a flashlight onto the letters JG carved into a nearby tree. Chris says she carved her initials into that tree right before she died. The girl says, those are not her initials. Chloe says, so how did she die? Chris says, one night, a blizzard hit. She's cold, she's hungry, nowhere to go, no one to turn to. Jenny Greentree froze to death right beneath that tree, and her evil spirit has haunted these woods ever since. Chris shines a flashlight onto his face from from under his chin again and grins creepily. Ray gooses Chloe, and she jumps. Ray laughs. Chloe says, don't do that. Suddenly, a bottle smashes against the tree. The girl screams and everyone jumps. Another teenage boy named Trevor walks up, laughing drunkenly. Chris rolls his eyes. Trevor says, you guys should have seen your faces. Chris says, I know, not cool. Like, really? Come on. Chris says, there's going to be glass everywhere. I know. Don't throw glass. Come on. (laughs) Chris says, what the hell, Trevor? That's not funny, man. Trevor says, to you. Ray stands up and says, yo, you drive here, man? Trevor says, oh, please, look, why don't you take my phone, okay? Call dad and bust me, why don't you? Ray says, no, I'm just saying, you're wasted. You can't just drive. Trevor says, blah, 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 I heard you. What was that? Ray says, what? No, Trevor, let's just sit down, okay? Well, Trevor says, shh, you don't hear that? Ray says, Trevor, there's nothing there, all right? Let's just sit down, and we'll, Trevor says, what the... You got to run. You got to run. And then Trevor runs away. Ray says, Trevor. He's stupid drunk. Get back here. I know. (laughs) Chloe says, I'm sorry, but what is your brother on? And I'm sorry, but she says it a little snooty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, but what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but it kind of irritated me. (laughs) It's kind of funny because that's the... the I'm actually not sorry at all, but I'm saying it because I know I'm about to say something offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So we hear Trevor scream from a distance. Ray yells Trevor and he runs after Trevor. Um, We cut to a little while later. Ray is walking through the woods looking for Trevor. Ray says, Trevor, Trev, come on, stop me on a tool. Then Ray sees Trevor sitting against the tree. 
Ray says, come on, Trevor, let's head back. Dude. But Trevor is dead. His face is cut and bleeding, and there's a large hole in his abdomen. And we get our opening title sequence. He got his insides ripped out. He sure did. Yuck. Let's see here. Okay, so after our opening title sequence, we cut to Belle Bib DeVoe playing Poison <laughs> as a vehicle pulls up outside a burger haven. Garth gets out wearing sunglasses and walks towards the restaurant. Chloe and the other teenage girl are talking outside the restaurant. Garth says, ladies. The girl says, what do you want, Top Gun? Garth says, for starters, I'd like a little respect. And he holds up a badge. Chloe says, sorry, officer, we didn't realize. Garth says, all's forgiven. Take a seat. Tell me about Trevor McGann. The other night up at Widow's Peak. The girls speak simultaneously. Um, the girl says, okay, well, at first it was just like he was super drunk. Chloe says, all right, it was weird because he was super drunk. Garth says, whoa, you. And he points to the girl. Go. The girl says, it was Jenny Greentree. Chloe says, <laughs> like, no chill. Just like, nope, it was this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chloe, Chloe says, shut up, okay? She's just a dumb legend. Garth says, hold up, who? The girl says, Jenny Greentree. My dad said she really died in these woods, and she's buried in the town cemetery. So we cut to the cemetery at night. Garth is digging in front of Jenny Greentree's headstone. He says, all right, Jenny G. He pours some salt into the grave and says, your ganking days are over. He lights a match and tosses it into the grave and says, you've been Garthed. Oh, Garthy boy. No, no, no. <laughs> Garth walks back, walks back to his vehicle in slow motion as Poison plays again. <laughs> Do you know that song? I don't remember which one it was. Never trust a big button a smile. <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. Okay, I'll play it for you someday. You'll enjoy it. It did sound familiar when yeah. I was listening to it, but I don't oh, know yeah. if it's just because I've like heard it or I actually know it, you know? Yeah, okay. So we cut to Ray sitting in a car with a bottle of alcohol beside him. He pushes a button on his cell phone. Uh, Chloe's voicemail says, uh, Ray, where are you? Ray drinks from another bottle. Uh, Chloe says, you should be with your family right now. Don't do anything stupid, please. Ray hits the button to stop the message and takes another drink. He gets out of the car carrying a rifle. Ray walks through the woods with his gun. He sees a long-haired woman in a white dress through the trees and runs towards her. He pauses and looks around, then screams as he's dragged upwards. His legs shake and there's a sound of flesh tearing. Blood runs down his legs and onto his boots. Ray goes still. He didn't make it. Nope. Shouldn't have been drinking. Nope. Actually, that's not why these, these people are dying, but still, <laughs> but still. <laughs> also, <laughs> whatever. You're a teenager. You shouldn't be drinking. <laughs> yeah. And you're probably driving, dumbass. Don't yeah. do that. Nope. Okay. So we cut to Garth talking on his phone in front of a food van. Garth says, yeah, I clocked out. Put it to bed. Problem solved. And I'm headed your way. So uh, fire up that hot tub. No, uh -huh. I, no I heart you more. Yuck. <laughs> I think it's cute. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> like I just like the cheese, the amount of cheese. I can't deal with it, you know? Yeah. Like I'm not a savvy person like that at all. Oh, I totally am. I am not. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable. And I'm making Killian sappy too. He'll be like, Mom, I love you the most. I win. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's cute. Uh, 
So Garth gets into his car and opens out uh, or opens up a takeout container. The voice on the police radio says, abandoned vehicle out by Widow's Peak. Uh, we got another body up here. Guy's torn to shreds. Garth says, what? No way. How is that possible? I garthed her. So we cut to Sam and Dean. Dean is talking on the phone in the passenger seat and Sam is driving. Dean on the phone says, all right, well, call us if he wakes or, you know, anything. Yeah, fine. Thanks for your help, Meg. Dean hangs up and says, what a bitch. <laughs> Sam says, so Cass is the same then. Dean says, yeah, down to the drool. Sam says, huh. Dean says, by the way, how's your custard? Sam says, it's all right. It's getting better. I just wish it wasn't like the damn tape from the ring. I mean, I feel like I'm okay because I passed on the crazy. Dean says, no, you didn't. You heard what Cass said. Dean's phone rings. Sam says, let's, let's not. You know what? Dean answers the phone and says hello garth says hey dean it's garth dean says wait who is this <laughs> like um should i know you how do you forget garth okay i know right the the hugger man he's a hugger <laughs> i know that just doesn't even make sense i know um garth says garth garth fitzgerald the fourth we work together on that demon thing you I owe me forgot one. his name was fitzgerald i love <laughs> it <laughs> i did too uh... <laughs> Dean says, oh, yeah, yeah, how you doing, Garth? Garth says, I'm ready to cash in that chip, brah. There's something brewing in Junction City, Kansas. So we cut to the morgue in Jun Junction City, Kansas. A coroner leads Dean and Sam in their FBI suits into the room. The coroner says, well, this is it, gentlemen. This is Corporal Brown. Garth, wearing an army uniform, is standing next to the body. Garth says, Corporal James Brown. <laughs> I'm shipping off uh, in the manana. I'm here to pay respects to my cousin as I will not be able to attend the funeral. The coroner says, that must be terrible for your family, losing two brothers so fast. Dean looks at Sam and Sam looks at Garth, to whom this is obviously news. Garth says, yeah, yeah, my aunt, she's, uh, she's real broken up about it. Sam says, hey, Doc, can we see both files, please? The coroner says, mm-hmm. Then the coroner's phone rings. He says, ah, he hands Sam the file and he says, my wife, I'll uh, be in my office. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dean says, great. So the coroner leaves the room. Sam says, you didn't say they were brothers. Garth says, dude, I just found out about the other corpse and started moving quick. I'm sucking up info as I go. Dean says, what are you allergic to a suit? Gar says, no, I just look good in a uniform. He's like, um, hello, it's a fashion statement. <laughs> yeah. Sam reads the file. And says, yep, same cause of death. And he walks over to the computer. Gar says, right. Uh, gutted at night of the woods, where legend says that the ghost of Jenny Greentree roams. Dean takes out an EMF meter. Meter? It says meter here, but I think I meant reader. Well, I mean, it's the same. There's just a different name for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's weird. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, okay. Gar says, oh, I already scanned for EMF. Uh, the EMF reader makes some noise. Gar says, oh, um, I guess mine must be broken again. Dean <laughs> says, all right, I'm reading your mall. Oh, your I'm, that's not what he says. I'm <laughs> reading your mall? Is that <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said, but that's not what Dean says. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean yeah. says, all right, I'm reading your mail. Uh, Ghost of Jenny, what? Gar says, green tree. That's just it. I torched her bones. Dean says, yeah, well, maybe she's got something still laying around. Sam is searching online for Junction, Junction City, 
Ray Trevor McGann. He opens a webpage for the Midwestern Brewing Company, which lists Thigh Slopper Ale, Head Spinner Amber Ale, and Hardhead Imperial Stout. Gar says, so strange, all body parts. <laughs> yeah. Gar says, highly doubtful. Chick was homeless. Dean looks under the sheet of the body and makes a face. Gar says, plus, is it me or is this the less evil spirit, more monster chow? Dean says, a werewolf. Gar says, except uh, the witnesses said that whatever was chasing victim numero uno was invisible. Dean says, oh, okay, so invisible ghost werewolf. Gar says, why do you think I called for backup? Sam says, hey, either of you ever heard of thigh slapper ale? Gar says, is that a stripper or a beverage? <laughs> Dean says, beverage for douchebags. Sam says, uh, number one microbrew in the Pacific Northwest. Gar says, but we're in Kansas. Dean says, yeah, I rest my case. What's your point? Sam says, the owner is the dad of the dead brothers. Gar says, right, I'll can the uniform. Go fed. See you at the brewery in 40. Garth leaves. Dean says, he grows on you. <laughs> He's just like... <laughs> Sam's like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> uh, is this the first time that he's met Garth? That Sam's Sam, met yeah. Garth? Okay. Yeah. I thought they met before for some reason. I knew Dean did, but I thought Dean Sam did Garth, too. Yeah, but not Sam. Okay. Um, so we cut to the Midwestern Brewing Company. A woman walks through the brewery and opens the door for Sam, Dean, and Garth, who are all wearing suits. The woman says, agents, I'm Marie. I'm the manager. Dean says, thanks for coming in on a Sunday. Marie says, we want to help. Anything we can do. And she leads them inside. Dean says, oh, this is all your dad's, huh? Marie says, and his friend, Randy Baxter. They, they, <laughs> they own the place together now. Sam says, uh, now? Marie says, well, since Dale died. And we hear a man say, hold on, hold on. You think I just come in late? Um... Uh, the man is standing in an office lecturing a teenage boy. Another man is leaning against the wall. The man says, whenever I want. The teenage boy says, I'm sorry, sir. It won't happen again. Marie says, the uh, charming Randy Baxter. Randy Baxter says, tell you what, congratulations. You're headed for the graveyard shift. Be one second late and you're fired. The teenage boy says, yes, sir. Marie says, he's actually a really nice guy. It's just not that easy being the axe man. Dean says, so true. Gar says, my comrades. Like I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. That guy's being a dick. All right. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. Gar says, my comrades got you covered. So if you'll excuse me. Sam says, oh, yeah, I'll go with you. So Sam and Garth walk into the office. Sam says, Mr. McGann, uh, we'll be brief. I promise. Gar says, Mr. McGann, is there any reason to believe your sons may have had enemies? Mr. McGann says, we were told they were animal attacks. Sam says, we just need to explore every possibility. Mr. McGann says, they got lots of friends. No. Sam says, well, do they work here with you like Marie does? Could someone have been jealous? Mr. McGann says, no, Marie's the only one. Oh, oh no, there's no. Uh, Randy Baxter says, Jim, it's okay. It's okay. To Sam and Garth, he says, let him get some rest. I'll answer your questions. Sam says, of course. So Jim McGann leaves the room. We cut to Marie and Dean walking through the brewery. Marie says, he blamed himself when Dale died, and now this. Dean says, why did he blame himself? Marie says, well, Dale was sensitive, but what you do, uh, but what do you do? <laughs> but what you do? <laughs> but what you do? But what do you do? Watch them 24-7? You can't blame Dale's friends. Dean says, but your dad still feels bad. 
Marie says, and it doesn't help. Dale's wife is suing us. Dean says, really? Why? Marie says, she's angry and grieving. And this is America? <laughs> yeah. So we cut to Sam and Garth talking to Randy Baxter in the office. Uh, Randy says, I knew Ray and Trevor. Hell, I'm godfather to all four of Jim's kids. Ray and Trevor love their fun, but they never do anything crazy. Garth says, no regrets of your own? Randy says, just Jim's. They borrow my car, raid my fridge. Sam says, now the two of you started this company with a third partner, right? Randy says, yeah, Dale. The camera pans in on two framed photographs of the three men. And Randy says, he passed away a few months ago. Gar says, passed away in the woods? Or Randy says, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> awkward. Yeah. Randy says, he took his own life. Gar says, oh, sorry. Randy says, well, he had problems for a long time. Look, this is just a nightmare. Sam notices a wooden box with Japanese characters written on it next to a tray of drinks behind the desk. Randy says, first deal, now, now this. This is going to be our big year. We're selling Thigh Slapper to one of the largest distributors in the U.S. It's been in the works for months. News is going to hit public pretty soon. Gar says, well, uh, <laughs> Gar says, well, that's the brass ring, huh? Randy says, given other circumstances, yeah, we'd be celebrating right about now. So we cut to inside a woman named Lillian's house. We see a close-up of a family photo of Jim McCann, Ray, Trevor and Marie, and another woman, Lillian, and a young girl. Lillian is carrying a bottle of vodka into the kitchen. She pours some into two glasses. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> she pours some into one of two glasses of orange juice and takes a sip. Then carries both glasses to the next room where uh, the young girl is drawing at the table. Lillian says, that looks great, sweetie. Lillian sets both glasses on the table. There's a knock at the door. Jim says, hello. And the woman says, there's grandpa. Hi. Lillian walks to the entryway and hugs Jim. The young girl picks up the glass with the alcohol in it and takes a long drink. Then she, Whoops. Then she <laughs> says, oops. <laughs> okay, but like, how would you not? Okay. I don't know any person who, if they think they're just getting orange juice and get some very spicy orange juice, yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't like spit it back in the cup, you know, or go spit it somewhere, not just like drink it. Yeah. I think that she probably likes it, you know? I mean, you've got to, to drink that. Yeah. A <laughs> screwdriver. Regular OJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, Lillian says, I'll get some snacks. You should eat. Jim says, yeah. Lillian says, sit, Dad. The young girl giggles. Jim says, hey, what are you drawing? The young girl says, my world. The young girl giggles as she draws. She looks up and sees um, a long-haired woman in a white dress walk into the entryway. The young girl gets up and looks around the entryway, then walks into the kitchen. Lillian is making sandwiches. The young girl can see the long-haired woman in the white dress standing behind Lillian. Jim walks into the kitchen. He says, what is it, sweetie? The young girl points. Jim can only see Lillian behind the counter. The woman says, what is it? The young girl continues to point. Lillian turns and gasps as she sees the woman in the white dress. The young girl screams as Lillian turns to try to get away. The woman in the white dress puts her fist through Lillian's back. Yuck. Jim says, Lillian. <laughs> no, Lillian. Jim can only see Lillian with her back arched and her arms outstretched. Uh, Lillian looks down to see a hand protruding through uh, her body beneath her shirt. She falls to the floor. 
So that's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. So we cut to the motel room. It's night. Uh, Garth is trying to fix his EMF reader. Dean is sitting on a sofa reading a journal. He says, there's a million things with claws that go bump in the night. Sam is sitting at the table using the laptop. Dean says, once you throw invisible, the number goes down. Dean picks up a motel card on the table next to him and says, afternoon delights. Really, Garth? Don't you think this place is a little, uh, Garth says, uh, you want a nice hot tub after a day at the office. It's the little things. (laughs) He's so, he's so spoiled. (laughs) I know. He's like, I only, you know, (laughs) he just kind of reminds me of a cat there. I only eat wet food, not that dry hash. I like um, it. If I was a hunter, I would totally want a hot tub after a day of hunting. Running around fighting people, you know? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh-huh. i think that'd be like necessary uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay uh gar says it's the little things i feel sad for those brewery dudes spend your life beautifying the world through beer first to partner offs himself uh dean drinks from bobby's flask gar says now two kids get ganked by unknown freakadeek sam says according to this dale wasn't just a partner he was also the brewmaster dean says brewmaster sam says he was widely considered a genius dean says all right that's it he gets up and says no microbrew is worth he puts his flask down on the counter near garth and the emf reader starts to make noise dean says what is it eight food magazine awards he takes beer bottles out of the fridge. He's like, says, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. He says, beer's not food. It's whatever water is. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, Dean, I mean, that probably is, like, water to him because most stuff he drinks is probably pretty high alcohol content, yeah, you know? <laughs> that's true. So Dean gives Sam a bottle and inspects the label on his own bottle. He says, hmm, thigh slapper. He takes a drink and says, wow, that is actually awesome. Damn it. I'm not even mad anymore. <laughs> it's Dean, like, it is what it is. <laughs> Dean and Sam watch Garth drink the entire contents of his bottle and shake the last few drops into his mouth. Garth belches. <laughs> Dean says, wow, party on, Garth. Garth says, I don't even usually drink beer. It messes with my depth perception. And you can tell he is already sloshed. Yeah. <laughs> in the three seconds that it's been since he finished it, you know? Yep. He burps again in hiccups. He says, especially when I skinny dip. Sam and Dean look at each other. Garth says, hey, guys, you want to hear a joke? Sam says, listen to this. This is something interesting. Garth laughs. Sam says, Garth, are you drunk? Garth says, dude, I just drank a whole beer. Of course I'm drunk. And then he burps again. <laughs> Dean says, something interesting? Sam says, right. Uh, Garth says, hey, can I have some more thigh slapper? Sam says, no. Dean says, no. Coffee for you, Tara Reed. Garth says, coffee with Kahlua in it? <laughs> he's like, really? <laughs> I know. He's trying hard. <laughs> Sam says, so it says that Dale actually left the company two weeks before he died, or maybe he got pushed out because he didn't want to sell. I mean, Baxter said the deal's been in the works for months. Dean says, that would explain the widow. She's suing. Maybe Dale had a bone to pick, and he's still picking it. (laughs) Garth says, right. So maybe he's a spirit mallow. I don't know. I don't know what that means. A bad spirit. Okay. A voice on the police radio says, unit to McCann residence, 698 Washburn. (laughs) Sam says, McCann residence, as in Jim McCann? 
Gar says, as in, let's hope for their sake our spirit ain't made out. <laughs> I'm going to try that again. <laughs> uh, let's hope for their sake our spirit ain't made it out of the woods. All right, let's go check it. Sam says, uh, you two go. I'm going to visit the widow. Dean gives Sam a look and Sam smiles at him. So we cut to the McGann house. Dean says, well, Gar says, place is clean. Garth and Dean are standing in the entryway of the house. Gar says, my EMF is a nada. He takes another EMF reader out of his jacket pocket and says, so is this one. Dean says, is that mine? Gar says, yeah, I borrowed it in case mine's broken. He's just He's, like, oh, I pickpocketed you, by the way. Like, I just yeah. took it because I could. <laughs> yep. Dean says, oh. <laughs> Gar says, so are we still on Invisible Werewolf? Dean says, maybe, maybe not. I can't get Tess to talk, but I get the feeling she saw something. We see the young girl named Tess sitting on the sofa with Jim and Marie on either side of her. Gar says, I'm going to take a run at her. Dean says, a what? Gar says, trust me, my special lady has twins. Uh, Mr. McGann? Dean says, special lady? And he follows <laughs> He's like, Garth. hold on. How does this guy have a girlfriend? <laughs> exactly. <sighs> Gar says, do you mind if we speak to Tess alone for just a sec? It would really help. Jim, Jim says, honey, we'll be right out. <laughs> I'm struggling. Okay. Jim says, honey, we'll be right out here. Okay. Gar says, thanks. Jim and Marie leave the room. Gar says, hi, Tess. He sits down on the coffee table in front of Tess and says, you want to tell me what you saw tonight? Tess shakes her head now. No, nope, I don't actually. <laughs> Thanks for asking though. <laughs> yeah. Gar says, or maybe you'll talk to. He raises a hand in a stock puppet and speaks in a high-pitched voice. Mr. Fizzles. And he waves the puppet around. I'm your friend. Yay. <laughs> Dean says, Garth, why don't we put the sock away? Gar says in his Mr. Gar says in his Mr. Fizzles voice, Mr. Fizzle just wants to help Tess. He wants to listen. Dean says, Mr. Fizzles is going to go where the sun don't shine. <laughs> He's like, try me, Mr. Fizzles. <laughs> Tess says, it was a monster. Gar says, I believe you, Tess. Did it have claws? Tess nods. Dean says, how come you're the only one that could see it, Tess? Tess shrugs. Gar says, what else, Tess? Tess shrugs again. Gar says, are you sure? Because Mr. Fizzles can sense when you're being a liar. Jeez, Dean, okay. says, Dean says, all right, that's enough. That's enough, Mr. Fizzles. Tess says, I drank a grown-up drink. Dean says, uh, grown-up like coffee? Mm -hmm. Tess shakes her head. Dean says, well, you mean alcohol? Tess says, it was an accident. Don't let them arrest me, Mr. Fizzles. <laughs> Garth looks at Dean and points Mr. Fizzles at him. Garth and Mr. Fizzles nod. So we cut to inside uh, Dale's widow's house. Sam says, your husband did a lot of traveling, huh? The widow says, he went to all kinds of exotic places for the best ingredients. Sam says, right, I've tried his work. It's great. Um, I heard you're not exactly on the best terms with Dale's old partners. The widow says, well, they sold this company right out from under him. It's not about money. It's about, it was his baby, you know? Sam says, you sound pretty upset about it. The widow says, I'm furious. I hate them. But then I think how Dale was. Sam says, what do you mean? The widow says, his friends left him behind, but you know what he said? I'm going to send them a gift that shows them I forgive them. Sam says, do you have any idea what he sent them? 
the widow says, a bottle of sake from one of his trips in a gorgeous box with writing. He was so careful with it. Wouldn't let me touch it. So we cut to Sam and nope, we don't. We cut to Dean and Garth in a car. <laughs> Garth is driving. Dean says, so kid in the woods sees something that nobody else does. Then Tess sees a monster and Jim doesn't. What's the thread? Garth says, hmm, well, certain mutants see infrared. Dean says, grown up drinks. Tess chugged her mom's and Vic number one was plastered. Gar says, right. So, whoa, monster, you got to be drunk to see. Cool. Also, hard to fight. Dean takes a drink from his flask. He says, ah, just getting into the zone. You are strictly on wine coolers. Gar says, hey, I love those. Anything sweet. Woo. <laughs> it's like, dude, what's even happening right now? <laughs> Dean takes another drink. Gar says, so uh, what's with the grody flask anyway? Lucky charm? Dean says, it's Bobby's. So we flash back to Dean putting the, flash, putting the flask down on the counter at the motel and the EMF reader reacting. Gar says, hmm, really? Because you think there's a possibility that Bobby's riding your wave? Dean says, no, we gave him a hunter's wake. Gar says, yeah, I burned my cousin Brandon and he stayed stuck. And, and they got ghosts in India and they cremate everybody over there. It's just instinct, but maybe there is EMF around here. It just ain't the job. Dean says, all right, we're not going to talk about this, okay? Not in the middle of work. Gar says, sorry. Dean's phone rings. Gar says, just hope that fire did the trick. Sam, uh, no, Dean on the phone says, hey, Sam. Yeah, I got it. We're on our way. So we cut to the brewery. Garth waits in the car. Sam Locke picks the brewery door, and he and Dean enter the building. Um... They walk through the brewery to the office. Sam says, here it is. And he picks up the wooden box with Japanese writing, sets it on the desk and opens it. Inside is a fancy box decorated with a face and more Japanese characters. And inside that box is a bottle of sake. The seal is broken. Sam says, oh, he shakes the bottle and says, wait a second. Someone's been sampling the goods. Dean says, oh, you don't say. He looks up and says, hey, check it out. God, I love paranoid people. And he motions to the security camera. He says, see if you can get on it. And he nods to the computer on the desk. Sam says, okay. So he brings up an image of himself and Dean behind the desk. Sam says, huh. Dean and Sam wave at the camera. Sam says, all right. So first death was, what, four months ago? Yeah. Dean says, mm-hmm. And uh, Trevor McGann, patient zero. Sam says, okay. So what did he let out of the bottle? Sam plays the security footage, which shows Jim and Randy in the office the cleaner, and Trevor. Sam says, nothing there. Dean says that we can see. The security footage shows Trevor taking some bottles from the office. Dean puts a bottle and a glass uh, on the desk and claps Sam on the shoulder. Sam says, what are you kidding me? Sam says, tick tock, and he pours himself a glass of whiskey. He's Dean's like, let's go. <laughs> yep. Dean says, ugh, and he puts the cap back on the bottle. Sam says, I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a... <laughs> That's a fair question. I would ask the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he's at a constant state of drunk at this point. Yep. <laughs> Sam says, it's kind of like drinking a vitamin for you, right? <laughs> Dean says, shut up. And he sniffs another bottle. It says, holy. He drinks from the bottle and coughs. Dean pours himself a glass of clear liqueur and clinks glasses with Sam. They both drink. Sam pours himself another glass of whiskey. They both drain their glasses. Dean says, all right, party time. Sam says, okay. Dean says, rewind and go. So Sam plays the footage of Trevor. They can now see the long-haired woman in the white dress standing in the office. 
Sam says, so he let the thing out of the box and I must have followed him to the place with all the thingies. <laughs> Dean says, thing yes. The, thing. the thingies. <laughs> Dean says, yes, yes, that's smart. I'm actually kind of drunk. <laughs> He's surprised. <laughs> huh, this doesn't happen. <laughs> he looks at his empty glass and says, what is this? He pours himself another glass and says, me likey. I miss these talks. Dean takes a drink, but spits it out again as Randy comes into the office. Randy says, what the hell? Dean says, oh, man. Uh, turn it off. Turn it off. Randy says, FBI, huh? You know what? You can save it for the cops. Sam says, whoa, whoa, Mr. Baxter. Listen, if you just let us explain, you might not. Randy says, ah. <laughs> and Randy falls to the floor. Garth has tasered him. Uh, the voice on Randy's phone says 911. What's your emergency? Hello, do you need assistance? So we cut to a street outside a Japanese restaurant. A Japanese man in a restaurant uniform is reading the Japanese writing on the sake box. Sam and Dean are holding coffees. The Japanese man says, It says, uh, what you took will be taken from you, like an eye for an eye. You with me? Sam nods. The Japanese man says, Where'd you guys get this anyway? Sam says, why? Is there uh, something the matter? The Japanese man says, well, you're not superstitious, are you? And he gives the box to Sam. Dean says, not at all. Sam says, <laughs> like, no, no. I am, and I don't want to touch this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Japanese man says, because this says the bottle inside contains a shoujo. Dean says, what's a shoujo? The Japanese man says, an alcohol spirit. Look, it's just an old myth. I wouldn't worry about it, but they're not known for being friendly. Someone inside the restaurant shouts, and the Japanese man shouts in return. He says, I gotta go. Dean says, oh, hey, okay, uh, there you go. And he hands the man some money and says, thank you. Uh, the Japanese man says, take care. So we cut back to the motel room. Dean and Sam enter. Garth is performing some sort of martial art exercise in the courtyard. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, doing some, like, tai it's chi like or something tai chi, out there. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sam says, Garth, where's Baxter? Garth comes into the room and points. Uh, Garth says, dude's a lot heavier than he looks, FYI. Randy's in the hot tub with a pillowcase over his head. Garth says, but here, and he indicates Dean's EMF reader, I thought you might want this back. Dean says, you have the CEO of the douchiest microbrew in the U.S. gagged in your hot tub? You really think that's going to end well? <laughs> like Garth, you idiot. <laughs> Garth says, I'm not feeling the love. Sam says, all right, shoujo. Uh, let's see what we can see. He sits down at the table to use a laptop. Gar says, what's a shoujo? Dean says, a Japanese booze monster. Gar says, I guess that would explain why you got to be drunk to see it. Very poetic. Sam does a search for shoujo and clicks on the first link, which is uh, to the page, open minds to deeper knowledge. The text is in Japanese and there's a black and white drawing. Garth looks over Sam's shoulder and says, ooh, creepy. <laughs> A message box that says translating Japanese uh, text to English pops up on screen and then the page appears in English. It reads, a shoujo, heavy drinker, uh, is a kind of Japanese sea spirit with a red face and hair and a fondness for alcohol. Legend has it that workers at the breweries in Japan have seen a shoujo lurking about indulging in their products. With right spell box, you can harness a shoujo to your will. The legend is the subject of no play of the same name. There is a no mass for this. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's N-O-H. No. I'm guessing. Okay. That's what I would 
yeah okay I I was just like everyone's just thinking I'm saying no (laughs) (laughs) no 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 okay (laughs) so there's a no mask for this character as well as a type of kabuki stage makeup uh, that bears the name the Chinese and Japanese characters for orangutan are the same and can be used in Japanese to refer to someone who is particularly fond of alcohol um okay (laughs) Sam says okay whatever (laughs) yeah Sam says okay so a shoujo is said to roam where there's a lot of alcohol there's lore saying that back in the old days if you were plastered enough you could see one sulking around the breweries in Japan Dean is refilling his flask with whiskey Dean says yeah but why is one shredding brewers kids Sam says apparently you can harness the will of a shoujo with the right spell box then you basically have an attack dog that you can sick on whatever sort of personal revenge mission you want Dean says, so Dale nabs one to punish his pals. Sam says, send the bottle. Sooner or later, it's popped open. Then you have a shoujo that will do whatever Dale's compelled it to do right there on the box. Gar says, wait, except it's not killing the people that screwed him over. Sam says, well, Dale's widow and the company was his baby. So if he really wanted his friends to feel what he felt, Dean says he would take theirs. Well, their kids, Jim's anyway. Sam says, and Baxter was the godfather. Dean says, all right, skip to how do we gank it? Sam says, good news, it is killable. Dean says, but? Sam says, but only with a samurai sword consecrated with a Shinto blessing. Dean says, well, that's not a silver lining. All right. (laughs) Nothing is ever easy. (laughs) I know. Uh, All right, the shoujo already cleaned house, right? I mean, Marie's the last target standing. So I'll hit the pawn shops and look for the sword and you babysit Marie. Garth drops and catches an EMF reader, which starts to make noise. Garth says, yikes, sorry. Dean grabs the EMF reader from Garth. Dean says, don't worry about it. And he turns the EMF reader off. Garth says, unless I've got nothing to be sorry for. Dean says, Garth. Such a pill. (laughs) I know. Sam says, what's he talking about? Garth says, I'm concerned that Bobby might be haunting you. I brought it up to Dean and he shot me down. Dean says, Garth, leave it alone. Sam says, it's okay. Dean says, no, it's far from okay. Sam says, I already tried contacting Bobby. Dean looks surprised. Sam says, when that beer disappeared, I pulled out a talking board. Dean says, without me? (laughs) How could you do such a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, I figured, you know, why drag you in when it's something I could just put to bed myself? Dean says, and? Sam says, and if he was there, I'd have told you. Randy groans. Dean says, talk about this later. You follow Marie. Let me borrow your keys. So we cut to some time later. Garth removes the pillowcase from Randy's head. Garth says, I'm trying to help you, Mr. Baxter. Randy says, and who the hell are you? Garth says, now I'm confused. Dale goes to get you all where it hurts. The kids. Only you don't have any kids. Randy says, it still affects me. Believe me. Garth says, now nah, you want to tell me what you're hiding? Randy says, hiding? Garth says, tell me this. When was the last time you gave an employee three chances? Randy says, probably never. Gar says, exactly. You're the axe man, right? Tough job, but hey, somebody's got to do it. So how come you cut that slacker janitor so many breaks? Randy says, I don't know. Gar says, That's convincing, buddy. (laughs) Gar says, yeah, well, I googled. Come to find his mother was your secretary way back in the day. Of course, you were married to Mrs. B, so uh, there's no way there's anything naughty there, right? (laughs) What do you need to get? It doesn't matter what Dale knows about you because that thing's out there killing the kids. It knows. Randy says, it doesn't, it didn't end well with his mom. She made me swear never to tell him. 
Gar says, oh, so much for that. Where is he? Randy says, well, he is at the brewery. So Garth takes a bunch of miniature bottles of alcohol from under the counter. Randy says, working the graveyard shift. Garth says, here. He tosses Randy the keys to the handcuffs, chaining him to the hot tub rail. He says, if you care about that kid at all, don't call the cops on me just yet. I wouldn't let him go. Would you? No, I'd wait till the like, whole thing was over so that he doesn't call the cops. Because then once he sees like what's actually going on, he's going to believe them, you know, but mm-hmm. like up until that point, he's just like, you guys are insane. And he's probably going to call the cops. And he's, yeah. He's not going to be there when you get back. <laughs> if I was chained up in a hot tub <laughs> and somebody was like, here's the keys. Don't call the police. I would be like, I am out of here at the very least. I am absolutely calling the police. 100%. (laughs) After I was far away from the place, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay, so we cut to the brewery. Uh, Randy's son sprays window cleaner all over the inside of the glass door. I don't know if you noticed, but he used way too much window spray. It was like he covered the whole bloody window with it. But he was using that aerosol spray stuff, which is like a foam. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Because it just looked like spray to me. Just like foamy spray. Yeah, I think it looked like, well, I mean, I don't totally remember. I could totally be making stuff up. I was just watching it like, that is too much, mister. (laughs) (laughs) You are wasting. I just remember seeing it kind of foamy and maybe just assuming that he was using the foam spray because there is like aerosol cans of spray that's like the industrial type stuff mm-hmm. that you like just hold it down and kind of spray on and then like wipe it off okay maybe that's what it was i could be wrong so don't quote me on that but okay <laughs> it just distressed me a little bit <laughs> it's like you are <laughs> wasting that good sir <laughs> exactly okay so when he wipes it off we see that the shoujo is standing on the other side of the door um but he cannot see her so we cut to outside the japanese restaurant dean takes a sword out of its scabbard and lays it down on the wooden box the japanese man is reading from a piece of paper uh he says it says it's best to do this in a running spring dean says oh yeah and he takes out a bottle of spring water (laughs) he says i got it okay we good the japanese man says yeah (laughs) the japanese man says i'll do my best dean says all right And he picks up the sword and prepares to pour water over it. The Japanese man says, go. Dean says, oh, and he starts pouring water on the sword. (laughs) The Japanese man says some stuff in Japanese, which I'm not going to repeat because I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Dean continues pouring water into the sword. The Japanese man says, that's it. Dean says, oh, and he stops pouring. He says, all right, uh, thanks. And he hands over some more money. The Japanese man says, thank you. And Dean says, yeah. So Dean's phone rings as he puts the sword back in its scabbard. Dean says, hey, Garth. And Garth is hurrying towards the brewery. He drops uh, an empty miniature bottle of alcohol. Garth on the phone says, Dean, Baxter's got a secret love child. The shoujo might come for him first. Dean says, whoa, slow down. Garth says, I'm trying to save lives here. (laughs) I can't slow down. (laughs) Yeah. And he fumbles. He can never slow down. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) He fumbles for his luck picking tools. Dean says, are you drunk? Garth drops the phone and says, damn it, damn it. He says, Garth. Garth gets the door open and enters the brewery. Dean says, you dropped the phone, didn't you? Hello, Garth. Garth says, sorry, 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 I'm here. 
Ian says, where the hell are you? Gar says, I'm in the brewery. So we cut to a bar. Sam is uh, at the bar drinking whiskey. Behind him, Marie is at a table. Sam signals the bartender for another drink. Uh, we cut to inside the brewery. Garth can see the shoujo watching Randy's son. Dean says, Garth? Garth whispers, oh, Dean, it's here. <laughs> He's like, dude. <laughs> yeah. So Dean gets into Garth's vehicle. Uh, cut to inside the brewery. Garth grabs Randy's son by the arm. Randy's son says, whoa, whoa, hey, what the hell? Gar says, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> I would definitely not go with him. <laughs> I know. Randy's... I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Randy's son says, hey. And then Sam's, uh, we cut back to the bar. Sam's phone rings. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, hey, you good to drive? Sam says, uh. <laughs> no. Dean says, I know. <laughs> Dean says, we'll get a ride. It's at the brewery. Sam says, what? Dean says, there's another kid. Don't think. Move. So Sam leaves the bar. A valet is helping a couple into a taxi. Sam says, wait, 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 wait. Taxi. Hey, 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 stop. Hold on. National, national security. And he holds up a badge. He says, please. The woman who is about to get into the taxi steps back. Sam says, thank you, ma'am. Sorry. Thanks, guys. And he gets into the taxi. He says, okay, brewery. Step on it. The taxi driver says, what? Sam says, the brewery, hurry, hurry. Like, are you Ooh. deaf, ma'am? Let's go. I know. The taxi driver says, yeah, but I like to drive safe, you know. <laughs> Inside the brewery, Garth is leading Randy's uh, son by the arm. Randy's son says, dudes, what's going on? Who are you? Garth says, I'm the law, son. Now follow me. <laughs> Randy's son. I just son. think it's funny him calling anybody son, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh. Uh, Randy's son says, are you drunk, dude? He breaks away from Garth and says, get away from me. Garth says, all right, I'll just shoot. Baxter is your father. Baxter screwed Dale. Dale roped this Japanese monster you can only see when you're drunk, and now it's here to kill you. Randy's son says, whoa, wait a minute. Baxter is my father? <laughs> Garth looks past Randy's son and sees the shoujo approaching. He grabs Randy's uh, son and tries to drag him away. Randy's son looks from Garth to the direction of the shoujo and says, what are you looking at? Garth says, damn it, run. Randy's son says, dude, there's nothing there. The shoujo appears right in front of Garth. Garth smiles at it. <laughs> the shoujo sends hey. Garth. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> the shoujo sends Garth flying into a wall of glass windows. Randy's son runs. He rounds a corner and stands with his back to the wall. As he starts to run for an open door, it slams shut. Large scratches appear on the wall in front of him. He opens the door and continues to run through the brewery. Sam appears from the other direction. Sam says, whoa, easy, easy. Randy's son says, we got to get out of here, man. He pushes past Sam, who follows him. He says, it's here. Sam says, where's Garth? Randy's son says, who? Sam says, Garth. Randy's son says, I, uh, there was a there was a guy. He got knocked out. <laughs> he was a little bit nuts, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, oh, oh, okay. Sam can see the shoujo approaching. Sam says, stay behind me. Stay behind me. Randy's son says, okay, what, you can see it? Sam says, yeah, I'm, I'm skunked. Just a <laughs> fire exit on three. Randy's son says, okay. Sam says, all right. The door slams shut. Sam says, okay, so much for that. The shoujo appears right in front of Sam and throws him into a wall hard enough to crack it. Sam falls to the ground, unconscious. Okay, Sam is unconscious. Again. <laughs> what the Are fuck? Are we surprised? No. <laughs> I just want more for him. 
<laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Wear a freaking helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a freaking helmet. <sighs> okay. So Dean appears and puts a hand on Randy's son's shoulder. Um, Dean says, get back. Dean pushes Randy's son behind him and uh, slices with the sword. Shoto hits him and, and he falls to the ground. The, so the sword slides along the floor. Dean sits up and looks at Sam, who is still unconscious. Then he looks for the sword, which slides back along the floor towards him, all on its own. Sam wakes up. Dean gets to his feet. Dean says, where is it? Sam says, uh, swing right. Dean slashes to his left with the sword. Sam says, my right. Dean slashes again as the shoujo ducks. Sam says, three o'clock, Dean. Dean slashes again. Sam says, six o'clock. <laughs> Randy's son ducks as Dean swings the sword. Dean then, Dean then plunges the sword into the shoujo and uh, lets go of the sword. The shoujo becomes visible and screams and falls backward as it disappears. Dean picks up the sword. Dean says, you okay? Randy's son says, I'm alive. Yeah. Dean says, Sam. He's like, okay, that's the, I'm alive though. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, yeah. And he gives a thumbs up. Dean says, where's, where's Garth? <laughs> Randy's son says, well, he's, he's over that way. Dean says, would you go get him? Randy's son says, okay. So Sam gets up and follows Randy's son. Uh, Dean looks at the sword and then at the direction from which it slid toward him. We cut to Garth sitting up with a hand to his head as Sam and Randy's son approaches. Garth says, what I miss? <laughs> we cut back to Dean. He says, this, this moved. Bobby, are you here? Come on, do something. And Sam is watching from behind the corner. Like a little creeper. I know, he's like, I gotta see what happens. Inquiring minds. Yep. So we cut to the next day. Garth is walking to his vehicle carrying a bag. Garth says, you're sure you guys don't want to hang out? Grab some brunch, maybe some brews? Dean says, tempting, but we better roll. Garth says, all right, well. And Garth hugs Dean. Dean says, oh, yeah. Dean and Sam raise their eyebrows at each other. Garth says, call me anytime. Dean says, all right. Gar says, and you, Sam, uh, and they shake hands. Sam says, yeah. Gar says, ah, come here. <laughs> and Garth hugs Sam. Sam says, oh, uh, yeah, thanks, Garth. He is not comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Garth gets into his vehicle and starts the engine. Sam says, you're right. He has grown on me. Garth drives away uh, with the song Poison still playing. <laughs> Sam says, all right, uh, so let's talk about it. Dean says, about what? Oh, the uh, talking board? That's fine. I get it, I guess. Sam says, no, not that. Look, I heard you. Dean says, heard me what? Sam says, what happened in the brewery, Dean? Dean says, nothing. It was just uh, my imagination. Dean turns to go inside the motel room and Sam follows him. Sam says, Dean, look, I know something happened. I just want you to be straight with me. Dean says, the blade was across the room and then it was in my hand and then my beer uh drank itself oh and then that page magically appeared on the bed and then bobby's book fell out and popped uh to do to do do sorry there's a lot of extra writing here no you're good <laughs> okay um and the mackie's taxidermy business card and the number of the guy who found Cass. nothing i'm sure sam says clearly dean says well what then sam is bobby here or not 
Sam says, you know what I think, Dean? I think that regular people, they see the ones they lost everywhere too. Dean says, yeah, freaking ghosts. Sam says, <laughs> he's like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, or they just miss him a lot. I mean, they see a face in a crowd. We see a book falling off a table. Same thing, Dean. I did the talking board. I ran plenty of EMF. When that beer went poof, I went a little nuts. Dean says, yeah, why don't you tell me? Sam says, like I said, a little nuts at the time. Dean says, all right, well, if it wasn't Bobby, then what did Jedi that sword into my hand? Sam says, the shoujo slammed the door from across the room. Maybe it was trying to grab the sword, too. Dean says, right, right. I mean, if it was Bobby, he would let us know. I mean, who knows more about being a ghost than Bobby? Instant Swayze, right? <laughs> Sam says, exactly. Dean says, okay. Okay, you, so your theory is that we're practically regular people and something that we're practically regular people about something for once all right well you want to grab some brunch and some brews sam says "Ugh, no i'm so hungover let's just hit the road dean says all right dean opens the door and motions sam out they leave the room the camera pans out and we see bobby's ghost standing in the room looking after them bobby sighs he's like dean. come on <laughs> i know dean and sam get in the car dean starts the engine he says, hang on. And he gets out of the car and goes back inside the motel room. Dean looks around the room. Bobby is looking back at him. Dean says, there you are. And Bobby smiles. Dean walks towards him and picks up his flask. Bobby says, I'm right here, you idiot. Dean pauses on, way, on his way out the door, but then closes the door behind him. Bobby says, balls. <laughs> as, you, as he does. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby flickers and disappears. Uh, so Dean gets back into the car and him and Sam drive away and credits okay so I have a couple thoughts okay so the first one I think I told you about this before on the podcast but I don't totally remember so there's this TikTok video where there's all these like teenage age ish kids out at like a park at dark and this <laughs> lady sitting there and they're all talking about like how to summon demons or whatever who knows you know mm -hmm. and this lady's like oh I heard that if you hear the sound of glass breaking then that means that they're there you know mm -hmm. and they're like oh, okay whatever and so she's drinking this bottle of corona <laughs> <laughs> in the dark and so she finishes it waits a few minutes and then like hucks it as far away from her as she can and the glass just like shatters everywhere right mm -hmm. and all these kids go <laughs> i love that that's so funny <laughs> i'm like you know that's kind of what it reminds me of like the beginning when he was like throwing the you know glass and they're all like ah! you know mm -hmm. but yeah anyway so <laughs> <laughs> also okay if like if your brother decided to go off into the woods and got killed by something why would you then get drunk grab a gun <laughs> and wander out there by yourself you know because <laughs> you're gonna get your revenge you're gonna kill whatever killed your brother i would bring somebody with me you know <laughs> i would not go by myself yeah <laughs> you know like there there's got to be at least one other person if not multiple other people with me for that like I can't, yeah i could see that mm -mm, you know Again, i wouldn't go I'm alone a chicken, so what do i know <laughs> <laughs> i'm a chicken too man i wouldn't go into the woods by myself nope Fuck like, no. I would not be opposed to going into the woods by myself if I was like hiking and that sort of stuff. But even then, like, 
it's a bad yeah. idea you know like you can <laughs> no. and people do it but like you never know who's out there what's out there if something happens and you're by yourself nobody's gonna know you know until you're missing for like a long time generally yeah so it's just it's just not good none of it's yeah. good I agree <laughs> also where was Garth keeping Mr. Fizzles <laughs> <laughs> he just whipped him out of nowhere <laughs> like, where does mr fizzles live i know <laughs> he just happened to have this sock puppet with him yeah he must keep with him at like all times mm-hmm. like where did it where is mr fizzles <laughs> i don't i don't want to think about it too hard but what? We can yeah. we can ask him at the next convention. I know. Like, yeah. Where does Garth keep Mr. Fizzles? Because it seems to be. <laughs> okay, at the last convention, um, he was there, right? At the last convention we were at. Yes. Yeah. So there was a point where he was wandering around the um, vendor room mm-hmm. and just talking to people. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> like. I don't want to talk to him like not that he isn't like the dopest shit but like I don't like to talk to to celebrities yeah I can't handle it it was like a lot of a lot of pooping that happens you know so uh, he was wandering around and I was like trying to like get your attention because he was like coming at us (laughs) and I was like what do I do what do I do but you were like so oblivious (laughs) You had no idea that he was even in the room, much less talking to people. And I was like, he's coming at us. What do I do? What do I do? And so I just, I just ran away. (laughs) I left you. And And I ran away. Okay. You know how many times that happened during the last convention that happened with Misha, that happened with Gil, that happened with, um, uh, DJ that happened with mm-hmm. oh who else did that happen with um there's somebody else too was it Jason Manns no he wasn't walking around he was just sitting at his like he was know. just hanging out at his table but no there was like a few times where I was walking up and down a hallway or like in the vendor room or whatever and one of the actors walked by and somebody'd be like oh my gosh I just walked by and I'm just like huh you know <laughs> oh I think it was Osric wasn't it he was walking around very possible yeah I don't totally remember I just remember Gil because Kelly and I were walking into the vendor room and he was going by it was like when a panel had like just started or something like that I think and we had had a oh I think it was during one of the photo ops so we were heading to the panel after the photo op and he was coming out of the room with Mm -hmm. his handler and he just kind of like smiled at us as we went by and Kelly was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm just like, what? And then like I looked up like as we're walking by and he's like almost gone. I was like, oh, you know. That's so funny. Oblivious to my surroundings. So like I need to pay more attention. Yes, you do. I do. I have no idea what's going on around me at any given time. Like not a clue. Uh... So yeah, that's that's that well if it happens again i don't know if he's going to be at the next um vegas convention i can't remember um but uh if you do run into him you should ask him be like where does mr fizzles live (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> be like, okay, for science, I need to know this. <laughs> yeah. Save for my podcast and then give him one of our business cards. I know, right? <laughs> so yeah. here's the thing. <laughs> we need answers. <laughs> We've discussed this on our podcast. You can, you can listen to it. <laughs> like, we, we don't know where Mr. Fizzles lives because he just seems to pop out of nowhere. So like, where are you keeping him? <laughs> yeah. Like when you are shooting this, <laughs> does he just like in your pocket? Is he like in your shoe? Like where? <laughs> he must be in his pocket. Probably. I would assume. But like, does that mean that Garth just carries around a sock puppet in his pocket all the time? It I must. think so. Yeah. It's got, that's gotta be how it is. Mm-hmm. Unless he knew that there was a kid involved, maybe, and brought it for that. I don't know. Mm. But still, where does Mr. Fizzles live? <laughs> just ask him next time. I know, right? Mm-hmm. You ask, you you say that, like, I can just, like, walk up to some person that, like, I have no idea and be like, I need to know these things. Okay, <laughs> I am kind of that person. I might need a drink in me first. <laughs> oh, that's fine. To be able to just, We're going like, to be in Vegas. Up. You can have many drinks. <laughs> I know. And I can carry a drink around with me if I wanted to and be like, yeah. hey, cheers. Also, where's Mr. Fizzles live? <laughs> where's Mr. Fizzles? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, yeah, so there's that. But <laughs> also, the shoujo totally reminds me of the girl from The Ring. Oh, Yeah definitely a lot you know Mm -hmm. like I'm pretty sure it's probably the same person actually it's not the same person I know it's not but but still like they look pretty darn similar yeah have you seen the ring did I make you watch it yeah you had me watch it oh okay yeah it wasn't scary I was gonna say did it scare you no Nothing scares you after, after Supernatural. <laughs> Supernatural yeah, <laughs> we're gonna watch The Descent. That will scare you. Okay. I'm That's like what you say mission. about literally every movie. You're like, this one's gonna scare you for sure, and I'm like, it didn't. <laughs> we'll try. I'm I'm on a mission. I'm trying out. I'm gonna find out which one. I think it's gonna be The Descent. Yeah. Yeah, because the claustrophobia and then the creepy ass creeps and. <laughs> Creepy ass creeps. Somebody <laughs> put that on a shirt. <laughs> There's creepy ass creeps. <laughs> like, yep, that's kind of that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're going to like it. <laughs> so, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moment was at the end when um, when Bobby was there, yeah, and, and Dean walked back in, and Bobby smiled at him, <laughs> and Dean was like, "There you are." <laughs> Bobby's like, "Finally, you and then see he me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, then was Bobby sorely disappointed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, what was your favorite moment? Um, I'd like to just say that my favorite moment was Garth. <laughs> <laughs> I can All see that. <laughs> I can see that. Because Garth is just uh, he's such a weirdo and he just, like in the best way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he just doesn't like he's kind of oblivious sometimes, but he's just like the type of weirdo that I want to hang out with, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he means well, you know, he's 
just a bit of a dweeb, but it's. Funny. I would hunt ghosts with Garth for sure. I wouldn't hunt ghosts with. Well, I don't know if I would hunt ghosts. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with Dean. <laughs> yeah. Dean or Sam. Okay, okay but I'd be yeah. I'd be too distracted by Dean's hotness. Yeah. Sam, I wouldn't because he just that's exactly be the unconscious. Point, like, I wouldn't be so concerned about all of the creepy shit hanging out around me. I'd be like, oh, look at him, you know. <laughs> I just couldn't even form sentences with my mouth and my brain. <laughs> so what? You form sentences with what else? <laughs> what would you form sentences with, Lynn? <laughs> What is thinking? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no. Okay, I wouldn't go ghost hunting with Sam because he'd be unconscious the whole time. Yeah. And he's not very useful when he's knocked out. <laughs> no. Or or I'd give him a helmet and then I could go sign with him. <laughs> That'd be fine. But then you I couldn't have a see pink his hair. horseback riding helmet that's all sparkly that you can borrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's even got a horsey on the side. <laughs> oh, perfect. <God>. That's perfect. <laughs> I feel like I need to bring that in to the next convention. <laughs> <laughs> and just get a photo op and just have him hold a sign and wear the helmet and be like sam finally got a helmet <laughs> or something something to the effect of like <laughs> something about him getting knocked out i don't know how it would like, you would have to he... explain that he got knocked out all the time and i know that's the thing so it's yeah. like okay <laughs> <laughs> when you're knocked out that many times dear god wear a helmet and then have him wearing this pink sparkly helmet <laughs> that's that hurts his feelings it's funny it's not him it's the character okay all right i'm not saying that like jared gets knocked out all the time <laughs> i don't think he would be offended by the fact that his character gets knocked out a lot <laughs> it's not like he doesn't know it's not like he doesn't know you know <laughs> I'm pretty sure this has come up before. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just didn't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> I doubt that that would hurt his feelings. And here's the thing. They don't have to do anything that they don't want to do. So if he goes, I don't want to do that, then you just go, okay. And then go, well, can we do this instead? You know, you'd have to have mm -hmm. a backup, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'd be fine. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Our interesting facts from this episode, uh, it says the boys are driving an AMC Pacer. Um, the same car was driven by Garth in Wayne's World, hmm, okay. um, which I've never seen, but I've heard of. Oh my God. Okay. That's a TV show. Yeah. Nope. Movies. Oh, okay. Never mind. I have heard the name then. I just don't know what it is apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We should watch it. It's a good one. Add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it says the brewery slogan is party on, um, the episode title is a reference to Wayne's world also from 1992. Um, it's the second appearance of Andrew Francis, who is Lee. Who's Lee? I don't remember a Lee. I don't Did remember I say a Lee, Lee either. 
Did huh? I say did I say Lee at any point? I don't think so. Maybe uh, it's one of the kids. No, it wasn't. I don't think one so. One of the brothers? No. No, I don't think so. No, because the brothers are Trevor and Ray. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Says it in the body count. <laughs> Uh, I don't know yeah I don't know who Lee is but anyways it's the second appearance of Andrew Francis <laughs> okay maybe he was Lee in another episode or something I don't know I have no idea anyways it says if he first appeared in season two um episode uh Hollywood Babylon from 2007 as one of the actors in the production of Hill Hazers to the Reckoning okay hmm. which I remember that but I don't know which one Lee was yeah me either um it says for perspective the last amc pacer wagon was made in 1979 <laughs> that means they drove off in a 33 year old car with no dents rust or damaged trim damn that's impressive somebody took care of that car yeah um it says there's another predator um reference from 1987 it says garth suggests the mutants can see in infrared uh, the creature in Predator saw an infrared, and that was the only way he could be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had me watch Predator? Nope, not yet, but it's it's on the list. Maybe you've just told me about it, because it sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't yeah. really remember. Um, so it says it's the 13th episode did not feature the Impala, the 12th episode in a row, except in the flashback from Repo Man. When is, uh, when is she going to come back? at the end of the season i don't remember honestly i feel like we go a good chunk of time yeah because they're still trying to like you know hide from the beasties so they don't want to be recognized so Mm -hmm. i yeah i don't know when they get it back Hmm. it's a good question yeah but um it says when garth spots the shoujo in the brewery he tells lee ah lee's the kid they never say his name. They, they always didn't say... say his name. I don't No, They did. I feel like they did. No, they said like whatever his name is son. They, they kept saying like Ray's son. In or that, but I remember at the beginning when they were talking about him because he was getting in trouble. They're like, I think they said something about like, that's Lee or, you know, something like that. They did mention his name at one point. I feel like. I wonder why in the script it doesn't say his name later. That's Maybe annoying. they just forgot what his name was and so they didn't put it yeah. up. <laughs> okay. But anyways, that guy's name is Lee. <laughs> okay. Um, where was I? Oh, um, okay. He tells Lee, come with me if you want to live. Um, Garth is quoting the Terminator from 84 and Terminator 2 Judgment Day from 91. Um, when Garth gets drunk on one beer, Dean calls him Tara Reed. Um, in the late 1990s, Reed had a promising future as an actress, but that sort of fizzled out. She became known as a heavy drinking party girl. In 2005, she hosted a reality show pretty much centered on her drinking her way around the world. In 2009, she went into rehab after giving a few too many drunken interviews. (laughs) So this is the return of Jim Beaver as Bobby Singer. Yay. Um, It says, in one shot of the brewery at night, you can read Avalon Brewing Company on one of the tanks behind the janitor cleaning the window. Um, Avalon Brewing Company was located in Vancouver, BC, where Supernatural is shot, but it is now closed. Oh, 
Um, and then the last one says, as the show, show Joe, I always feel like I'm not saying it right. Oh, me too. I <laughs> felt like I was like <laughs> slurring the word out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> as the show Joe is dying, it makes the same sound as the predator who also uses invisibility to hunt its prey. Ah, cool. So, that's, that's the interesting facts. Um, the research from this week, we couldn't really find much on shoujos because like there was some brief stuff about it, but it was mostly like, here's some stuff about anime and manga yeah. and all that sort of stuff, which was not what we were looking for. And it was all from Wikipedia, which yeah, we, we try to stuff, avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the other stuff was all Wikipedia. So not so good. Um, but this is off of mentalfloss.com, um, and it's called 10 Horrifying Demons and Spirits from Japanese Folklore, which, spoiler alert, there's no shoujo in here, but there's a bunch of other stuff, so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's that. Um, it says, Oni, which are demons, and Yuri, I'm guessing, which are ghosts, um, have played a role in Japanese culture for thousands of years, and stories of new spirits continue to be told today. Much of this list is comprised of Hanya, um, which in no theater are, (laughs) not in any theater, but in no, (laughs) N-O-H, theater are women uh, whose rage and jealousy turned them into Oni while still alive. Here are just a few tales of demons, ghosts, and women you don't want to mess with. (laughs) I like that it's women. I know, right? Like, don't do it. (laughs) She'll get you. Um, The first one is Kiyohime, I think is how you say that. Um, It says, sorry, pop up. It says Kiyohime was a young woman scorned by her lover, a monk named Anshin, um, who grew cold and lost interest in her. What a dick. I know, right? <laughs> Realizing he had left her, Kiyohime followed him to a river and transformed into a serpent while swimming after his boat. <laughs> Terrified by her monstrous form, Anshin sought refuge in a temple where monks hid him beneath a bell. Not to be evaded, Kiyohime found him by his scent, coiled around the bell, and banged loudly on it with her tail. She then breathed fire onto the bell, melting it and killing Anshin. <laughs> <laughs> that is next level revenge right that, there. that's what you get i know right you leave me fine i'll kill you with fire it kind of reminds me of game of thrones when um daenerys's brother gets a gold um crown which basically they just like melted a bunch of gold and poured it on his head and it killed him mm, yeah kind of similar yeah. <laughs> less full body experience but still yeah <laughs> Um, the second one is Yuki Ona, or Ona, maybe, which is Snow Woman. Um, it says, there are many variations of this popular Japanese tale. Yuki Ona, I'm going to go with, um, is usually described as having white skin, a white kimono, and long black hair. So kind of like the shoujo, <laughs> at least in mm-hmm. Supernatural, anyway. Um, she appears in snowfall and glides without feet over the snow like a ghost. She feeds on human essence and her killing method of choice is to blow on her victims to freeze them to death and then suck out their souls through their mouths. Oh my God. So she's kind of like a death eater. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. The third one is Shuten Doji. Um, 
Shuten Doji is described as more than 50 feet tall with a red body, five horns, and 15 eyes. Um, there is no need to fear this demon, though. In a legend from the medieval period, warriors Raiko and Hosho infiltrated Shuten Doji's lair, disguised as Yamabushi, mountain priests, um, to free some kidnapped women. The Oni greeted them with a banquet of human flesh and blood, and the disguised warriors offered Shuten jo Doji drugged sake. <laughs> um, like, sake won't take you out enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, after the demon passed out, the warriors cut off his head, killed the other Oni, and freed the prisoners. Huh. Yeah. Um, the next one is oh, Yamalba, which is a mountain ogress. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, also originating in the medieval period, Yam Yamalba are generally considered to be old women who were marginalized by society and forced to live in the mountains, who also have a penchant for eating human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Among many tales, there is one of a Yamalba who offers shelter to a young woman about to give birth while secretly planning to eat her baby, and another of a Yamalba who goes to village homes to eat children while their mothers are away. But they're not picky. They'll eat anyone who passes by. <laughs> oh, good. I know, right? Yamalbas also have mouths under their hair. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. <laughs> That's terrifying. That should not happen. <laughs> um, this next one is Uji no Hash. Oh, Blake. Hashihime, I think. I don't know. Um, it's the woman at Uji Bridge. Um, in another tale of a woman scorned, Uji no Hashihime prayed to a deity to turn her into an oni so she could kill her husband, the woman he fell in love with, and all of their relatives. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be thorough. <laughs> so spiteful. <laughs> Just wipe out the whole lineage. Um, to accomplish this, this, she bathed in the Uji River for 21 days, divided her hair into five horns, painted her body red with vermilion, and went on a legendary killing spree. <laughs> <laughs> Besides her intended victims, anyone who saw her instantly died of fear. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> wow. I know, right? Pretty, yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is Tengu. Um, it says, Tengu are impish mountain goblins that play tricks on people, featured in countless folktales and considered purely evil until about the 14th century. <laughs> the 14th century, they were okay, though. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, they're fine now. Um, it says they were originally depicted as bird-like, with wings and beaks, though now the beak is often replaced with a comically large nose. <laughs> <laughs> They are known, I mean, it's a different type of beak. <laughs> yeah. They are known to lead people away from Buddhism, tie priests to tall trees and towers, start fires in temples, and kidnap children. Uh, many legends say the Tengu uh, were hypocritical priests who must now live the rest of their lives as mountain goblins as punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Locals made offerings to the Tengu to avoid their mischief, and there are still festivals in Japan dedicated th to them today. Wow. Um, number seven is I'm uh, Oiwa. It's O I W A. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, it says a revenge story made popular by the famous Kabuki drama Yo 
Tsuya Kaiden. Oiwa was married to a Ronin, Roinen maybe, I don't, which is a masterless samurai named Aiman. Um, <laughs> if you speak Japanese or you know of these things, I am sorry. <laughs> I can't. I don't know how to to read these very well. Um, It says uh, he wanted to marry a rich local daughter's or local's daughter who had fallen in love with him. And in order to end their marriage, Oi was sent a poisoned medicine. Though the poison failed to kill her, she became horribly disfigured, causing her hair to fall out and her left eye to droop. (laughs) Oh, God. Oddly specific. Upon learning of her disfigurement and betrayal, she accidentally killed herself on a sword. <laughs> accidentally? Or, huh. I don't know. Because um, it's like, oh, I learned this. Whoops, I accidentally killed myself. Yeah, I don't think that's how that happened. Yeah. Um, her ghostly deformed face appeared everywhere to haunt Iman. Um, it even appeared in place of his new bride's face, which caused Iman to accidentally behead her. <laughs> There's a lot of accidents. <laughs> he accidentally beheaded her. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you scared me. Ah! <laughs> wow. <sighs> Oiwa's spirit followed him relentlessly to the point where he welcomed death. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that one was on purpose. Yeah. None of the rest of them were, though. Oh, God. Um, uh, number eight is Demon at Aji Bridge. Um, it says, this story begins with so many horror stories, too, with an overly confident man who boasted to his friends that he didn't fear to cross the Aji Bridge or the demon rumored to resign there, or reside there, not resign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stamping my card. I'm done. <laughs> Um, as Oni are known for their ability to shapeshift, the demon at Aji Bridge appeared to the man as an abandoned woman. Um, as soon as she caught the young man's eye, she transformed back into a nine-foot green-skinned monster and chased after him. Oh my god. <laughs> able to catch the man, the demon later changed into the form of the man's brother and knocked on his door late at night. The demon was led into the house and, after a struggle, bit off the man's head, held it up, and danced with it before his family... And then vanished. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <sighs> Why the dance party? I, mm, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I don't, okay. I'm going to think about that next time I dance. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so number nine is a uh, uh, Kuchisaki Ona, which is a slit-mouthed woman. Um, in an urban legend from 19, oops, my page skipped all over the place. Okay, now we're good. Um, in an urban legend from 1979 that swept through the J- Japan, Kuchisaki Ona wears a surgical mask and asks children if they think she's beautiful. If they say yes, she takes off the mask to reveal her mouth slit from ear to ear and asks the question again. The only way to escape is to give a non-committal answer such as, you look Okay. Barring that, (laughs) you can distract her with certain Japanese candies. (laughs) But if the children say yes again, she will cut their mouths and make them look like her. Oh my God. Do I look pretty? (laughs) Yeah, sure. You're all right. It takes off the mask. Do I look pretty? Eh. (laughs) It can't be. No. 
it's uh, yeah, okay. Non-committal. Yep. I know. <laughs> These are very oddly like specific things. You know, like, I, just, yeah. oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, so the last one is uh, Aka Manto, which is a red cloak. Um, it says with a demon for just about everything. Why shouldn't the Japanese have a few for their bathrooms? <laughs> <laughs> Akamanto, one of the more popular demons, hides in women's bathrooms. In one version of the story, Akamanto asks asks women if they would like a uh, red cloak or a blue cloak. If the woman answers red, Akamanto tears the flesh from her back to make it appear she is wearing a red cloak. Ooh. If she answers blue, then he strangles her to death. <laughs> oh my god! Unfortunately, if you encounter Akamanto, there's no way or there may be no escaping some versions of the story say if you don't answer or if you pick a different color he will immediately drag you to hell <laughs> <laughs> wow so those are your <laughs> fun japanese demons <laughs> damn <laughs> they are and they sound so petty <laughs> I know, they do. like all of them do yeah oh god <laughs> well it's pretty messed up it was pretty good. So what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week? Okay. So the other day we were in the car, Eric was driving, Killian was in the back seat, and we had about an hour's drive ahead of us and Killian would not stop whining. Oh <laughs> my God. It was like, just, like, will you stop? <laughs> it was like 40 minutes of whining. Jeez. <laughs> and then... He puked all over himself. <laughs> like, here's a waterfall. All over himself. And that's, of course, why he was whining. And Eric, you know, as a sympathetic puker, was <laughs> trying so hard not to throw up the whole time. And so there's 20 minutes, you know, till we got home. And Killian whined the whole time because he had puke all over himself. I mean, like, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. It was horrible. At least it didn't smell. Well, that's good. Yeah. I can like, only imagine having to, like, drive down the freeway when you don't really want to have to, like, roll down your windows. Yeah. With, like, a puke smell happening. Exactly. So That'd we got awful. we got home, and I, like, I took care of Killian, you know, like, threw him in the shower. Yeah. And Eric took care of the, like, car seat that yeah. Killian was in. <laughs> God. But did Eric puke? Eric <laughs> did not. He, almost, he said. Okay. Almost. I pro he probably should have taken care of Killian, but I was like, you're doing the car seat. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. I wish you the best. <laughs> Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> so anyway, what was your rigid harassment moment? <sighs> okay. So the other day when I was driving into work, this guy, I don't even know, like, what his deal was so there, like at my work there's like an intersection and then you go into the or you go onto the road where my work is and there's like a golf course and then you kind of like meander behind that and then there's where I work and but right after the intersection you kind of have to take like a sharp turn on the road uh, mm -hmm. to get back it's it's kind of weird but it you know whatever and this guy is not 
like, I don't even know what he's doing, but he's like kind of swerving all over the place and like forcing himself to swerve all over the place. And he's like hitting the little sidewalk area, you know, at the corner. And I'm just kind of like, okay, you know, Hmm. and then, so like, he keeps swerving back and forth, even after he's straight, like, but you can tell he's just like screwing around. And I'm like, okay, like maybe he's, you know, out for a joyride. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, visibly angry at me right he's like shaking his fist at me and and I'm just like and I'm nowhere near this guy I'm like a good like car and a half length behind him so like you know because he was going pretty slow and so I'm like okay but like he's driving like a maniac so I and I was never close to him you know Mm -hmm. but he is like pissed off at me and like shaking his fist at me and I'm like okay you know and I'm nowhere near him so I'm like I don't know what's going on and then he starts like slowing down even more and I'm like okay like is he trying to get me to like run up on him like what's going on and he's like shaking his fist at me more and I'm like okay and then he like starts to speed up and then he starts like trying to like break check me and all this sort of stuff so like I'm like what are you like why are you so angry at me I don't understand what happened like I literally was just sitting behind you in the intersection and nothing happened you know like and then as we're coming in here you're driving like a crazy person pissed off at me you know like what is happening Mm -hmm. but it was literally like the whole way down that road to where I work and I'm kind of like okay and then there's like this little turn off into one of the little parking um lanes parking what's the word I'm looking for like in the parking lot the aisles there we go what are the- <laughs> he like turns off into the aisle but like stops halfway so I have to like he stops his car so that way I have to like drive around him to get around him and go and he's still like shaking his fist at me in the mirror the whole time and I'm oh. like okay you know and I didn't park too far away from that because I I mean that part of the parking lot is not that big and so I'm kind of like he better not like get out of his car and come. I mean, he looked old. So like, I could probably take him, but still, you know, it's just kind of like, dude, why are you so angry at me right now? You know, like, I don't understand what is going on. Like somebody is in a bad mood. And it was like, he was trying, like, I don't know if he thought that like, for some reason I like, wasn't paying attention or whatever, but I was clearly giving him like a lot of space and he's Mm -hmm. like trying to get me to hit him, but I'm like far enough back from him that it's like, okay, I like slightly need to slow down, but (laughs) you know, I'm just like, what is going on homie? But yeah, he was being quite an ass, butt, and I'm not really sure why I didn't take too much offense. Kind of sounds like like, someone who has dementia, you know, I mean, but or something like that. I don't know. It was weird. Like he was convinced that I was doing something to him. And I was like, okay. I mean, I don't know about dementia. I would say maybe like a little schizophrenic potentially like a little paranoid, you know, like nothing against, you know, people that are schizophrenic, but like that can be a thing sometimes, you know, like they're Mm -hmm. like, everybody's out to get me, you know, Yeah. which uh, I wasn't, but okay so yeah that was that was interesting he was being a bit of an ass but to me and I'm not really sure why but that's really scary that it was have... weird and I was just like please don't follow me into my work you know exactly. like <laughs> yeah because I didn't know if he was gonna like park his car and come storming after me like wait to see what door I went into and then like follow yeah. me in there or like and cause a scene with like my man I would have I would have or... called the cops if I were you well I mean because but the thing, because like... of the way he was driving is why I would have 
Well, but you could tell he wasn't like drunk. He wasn't swerving because of that. Like, you know, when people are like screwing around and they like jerk their car wheel back and forth to kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, goof off. And that's what I thought he was doing at first. And so I was like, whatever, I'll just give him space. He's just screwing around, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. And I mean, honestly, like he was, he, I would have, if he hadn't seen under control, like he was very much under control of his car. I see. Like he knew exactly what he was doing every step of the way. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he was like drunk or something like that. He was just angry and trying to get me to react somehow. I don't know. Like yeah. maybe he just wanted a car insurance claim. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was fun. But <laughs> that would have like, scared me. I, I mean, it was a little bit worrying, but not in like a I mean, I just was hoping that he didn't follow me into work and try and cause a scene because it's like, okay, yeah. you know, really, like, let's not, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's my story. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspotspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspots, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspot moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.